and welcome to a Coaches Leadership Podcast for Coaches by Coaches. I'm your host, Kyle Yost, and today we'll be releasing our first ever episode. We've created this podcast as a resource for coaches, both young and old. Over the coming months, we'll be conducting a number of interviews with coaches and leaders from all areas of the athletic industry. It is our hope that through each episode, you will be able to grow as a professional and as an individual. Our guest on today's episode is Coach Aaron Larson. Coach Larson is currently an assistant coach at Taylor University in Upland, Indiana. Coach has a unique story of how he went from being recruited to play JV to becoming a two-time NAIA All-American. We hope you enjoy hearing more from today's episode. Coach Larson, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. How are you holding up these uh, unique times of coronavirus? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's been a little different, obviously. And uh, as a coach, like, we're just kind of staying staying as connected we can as we can to uh, our, our athletes and uh, just find, trying to find creative ways to, to talk to them and keep, keep up with them and make sure they're doing workouts. And then, obviously, um, the recruiting aspect of it, too, is just a little bit different. So come up with ways to – to reach out to recruits and uh, and see them play without seeing them play, so a lot of videoing and things of that nature. Yeah, for sure. Trying to get a kind of a grasp of give those recruits a grasp of what your university is like and how your staff interacts and how the team kind of works. That's important, and obviously, it's yeah, a hard sure. time to kind of communicate that. But well, for our listeners, obviously, those who are familiar with NEI basketball over the past decade or so uh, will recognize your name. Uh, I've got some of your stats open here in front of me from your playing career at Olivet Nazarene in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, You're quite the player, having scored 2,100 points and grabbing over 950 rebounds over your four years. Uh, Do you care to tell listeners about kind of your experience and your unique story of how you got to Olivet and uh, your experience there over your four years? Yeah, yeah. Well, I I loved Olivet. Um, It was kind of a... Uh, a crazy way that I got there. They were my only offer coming out of high school. Um, really was kind of under-recruited, or maybe I was recruited just as I should have been. Um, you know, I wasn't I wasn't anything crazy in high school. I had uh, some D3s after me, and then um, and then all of that, and that was my only offer. But I played baseball in the summers, um, so I kind of stayed away from the AAU route, which I thought was totally fine. Um, I enjoyed baseball and, and uh, had a real passion for that game as well, so um, ultimately, basketball was, was what I knew I wanted to do, but um, Coach Hodge at Olivet really kind of uh, gave me a path and an opening to, to play basketball at the next level, and um, obviously it was a, it was a successful career. Um, I loved Olivet. It was just a, it was a fantastic experience for me. Um, you know, we had, had great teammates and, and uh, just, just loved my time there and great coaches, so it was a lot of fun for me. For sure, definitely, and, and... – Correct me if I'm wrong, but you were actually recruited to, to start on the JV team for your first year. You want to tell us a little bit about that and how it kind of worked your way into your varsity career there? Yeah, yeah. So when I when I went on my visit to Olivet, I, uh, I, I played an open gym with them, and I had an opportunity to talk with Coach Hodge afterwards. And he had kind of told me, like, this is, you know, we, we definitely have interest in you. I think you could become a, a JV player or start as a JV player and kind of work your way onto the varsity uh, rotation, maybe as a junior or a, uh, uh, 
maybe even a sophomore and, and hopefully break that, break that mold. And, um, you know, I, I had a, I had an awesome opportunity to, to kind of jump in and, and, and get in on the varsity level, right. As a freshman, I had the guy that was in front of me, um, kind of in the rotation got hurt right at the beginning of the season when practices started. And, uh, and so I, I had the opportunity to kind of prove myself and, and, uh, I took that opportunity. He, he didn't end up coming back until I think the day before our first game. So coach Hodge felt comfortable starting a freshman and, uh, we kind of went off from there and, and I was, I was blessed to, to start the rest of my career and, and play it all the way out. No, that's very, uh, unique for kind of our level of NAIA basketball. Uh, that you would, you would recruit a player to play JV and they would have that big of an impact um, sure. uh, like a career like yours was. Um, you alluded to playing for Coach Hodge. For listeners who don't know, uh, Coach Ralph Hodge was a legend in the NAIA basketball community. Uh, he coached for nearly 40 years at Olivet. Uh, unfortunately, Coach passed away recently in the past few years here. Uh, but could you open up a little bit more about uh, what it was like to play for Coach Hodge and uh, how he has played into your development, um, both on the court but also as a man off the court since uh, graduating from Olivet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Coach Hodge was a uh, just a, a phenomenal teacher of the game, um, and, and it shows in, in his crazy number of wins. And um, like you said, I mean, he's a he's a legendary coach, and that was something that appealed to me coming in as a freshman in Olivet. And um, you know, he he. He really took time to focus on the, the player development portion of it. I think he really loved the JV aspect, um, and that was kind of what what maybe he saw in me was that he could he could develop me um, into a better basketball player. But you know, a lot of people would say that Coach Hodge is kind of a blue collar coach. Um, uh, he he really maybe not the most personable guy off the court, um, but a lot of his lessons on the court transition to off the court and I you know a lot of the alumni that I talked to when I was uh, being recruited there and and when I got there they would always talk talk about how um, coach Hodge was so uh, he, he was tough on you on the court he was a hard coach to play for in that way that he was just very very demanding and wanted things done right and um, but they would also say that that when they left all of that they felt like they were more prepared for uh, life after basketball and that time you know, is ultimately going to come for everybody. And so having a coach that could get you there and and really provide that, um, you know, that background and that, that, uh, that skill set to you when you're, when you're playing, he can teach life lessons off the court as well as just uh, a fantastic thing. So yeah, he's, he's just an incredible coach. Um, you know, he, he probably had, gosh, if I'm, if I remember correctly, he's had three losing seasons in his whole, uh, 40 years of coaching, um, you know, until he passed this past year, of course. Um, but yeah, it was, it was an awesome, he's just an awesome coach to, to, to play for and, uh, definitely miss him. Definitely for sure. I can relate with you on the impact coach can have. I, I played for a, a very well-known coach in high school and, uh, I was able to be a manager for him and just some of those life lessons that were instilled, uh, still affect me to this day. So, I know Coach Hodge, a lot of his players have a lot of those stories, and they hold them in high regard, but definitely a unique experience for you. Uh, following your playing career at Olivet, you uh, decided to forego a few uh, opportunities to play pro. Uh, you kind of pursued that for a while. 
but you decided to go to the coaching route. Can you tell us a little bit more about uh, that process of uh, kind of looking into the pro uh, opportunities you had and what kind of brought you the decision to uh, go into coaching instead? Yeah, uh, you know, growing up, every kid has, has, you know, if you're involved with the game of basketball, a lot of kids have that, 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 will to want to be an NBA player, you know, and, and go pro and play that. Obviously, as you start to get older, you start to feel that um, that's a very small percentage of guys. And so the alternative to that is, is going to play professionally overseas or um, finding spots. There, there's just tons of opportunities to play professional basketball, um, whether that be here in the States or it's overseas. Um, and, yeah, I had the opportunity to, to play in a camp out in Las Vegas that I signed up for and um, you know, got drafted into, and it was an awesome experience. Um, was drafted by a Belgium coach and, and played with guys from from all kinds of different levels. You know, we had the the, the very first guy drafted in that draft was from Texas A and M. So I got to play against guys that were, um, you know, from from high major D one all the way through uh, low major D one, and even there was even two more NAIA guys at that at that camp with me. So it was it was cool to kind of play against that competition and kind of got to see what it might look like if I were to go play overseas. And, um, as the, as the summer kind of winded down, um, I had a couple of opportunities, uh, one in Spain, uh, one in Saudi Arabia and one in Mexico. And, um, I just really felt like, uh, the, the Lord wasn't calling me to, um, to go play. I, I think what I was, what I was feeling was that I wanted to have an impact on, on, uh, on people, and I just didn't feel like, you know, being far away, thousands of miles away overseas, uh, I was going to be able to have the impact that I could uh, here in the States and, uh, and, and coaching. So, yeah, so I, so I decided that I was going to forego that and, uh, and just get into coaching. For sure. And uh, after all of that process, uh, you were able to get a spot on – Olivet's woman's side uh, as a GA to complete your graduate degree. Uh, for listeners who don't know, Olivet's women's team has made a name for themselves in recent years uh, due to their unique offensive style of play that they've adopted. Uh, could you shine some light more on uh, what that looked like and uh, those two years and how you grew in those opportunities and uh, kind of what that system looked like for, for you guys at Olivet? Uh, it, it's definitely a different system. I, I have never been a part of it. It's something crazy like that. And I know when I went to when I got to Alabama as a freshman uh, on the men's basketball team, and we saw that for the first time, they play that Grinnell system where it's really fast paced and they're up and down the floor and pressing the entire game and, and getting turnovers and shooting threes. And it's just it's just crazy basketball. And when you see it for the first time, you're like, man, this is just. It, you just think that they're just playing and they're just trying to force turnovers and just throwing shots up, but there really is a science to it. And I won't get into all the details of that stuff, but man, it, it was, it was so fun uh, to coach. Um, I mean, I, my first year there as a graduate assistant, we, we set the record for all divisions on the women's side at uh, 111 points a game. Um, so that's for any division. So D one through D two, all the way through Juco and, and, all the divisions, um, and it was just so fun to, to coach, and I know our girls had just a fantastic time playing in it as well, um, but I, I wouldn't trade that that uh, that women's team for anything. I, I really, really enjoyed um, the relationship aspect of it, and, and the women's game is a little bit different than the men's game, um, but it, it was just just so fun to, 
to get to know those women and um, to help help them grow and they they help me grow and um, you know during that time when I was there uh, my my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer and uh, and it was just it, just the the camaraderie and the team aspect that we had with the women's team they just they they surrounded me with love and they were just they, they helped me get through a lot during that time and so uh, yeah I just I wouldn't trade that for anything and it was just a, a great experience for me um, to not only get my masters but to learn from a from a great coach there and and uh, and kind of get the get the women's side of things too something I had never thought that I'd be doing yeah for sure and I think all the male coaches listening can definitely agree that uh, women's players are probably a little bit more emotionally sensitive and a little bit more supportive. Uh, so maybe that's what God saw that you needed during that time. He kind of placed you there for that reason. Um, but after that, you uh, you earned your graduate degree after two years uh, and a good experience there at Olivet. So 2018, you uh, made your way to the great state of Indiana, uh, worked for another legendary coach, Kerry uh, Prather at Franklin College, uh, D3, just south of Indianapolis. Uh, what was that transition like? And uh, working for another legendary coach who, who definitely had his hand in a, a lot beyond just athletics there at, at Franklin. Uh, obviously, we've seen that unfold here in the past few months. Could you talk about uh, that experience there at Franklin and, and your relationship with Coach Prather? Yeah, I mean, he, he gave me an opportunity outside of the state of Illinois. I, I just I have never thought that I would leave the state of Illinois and um, when that opportunity came available, and it was only a part-time thing, and I think um, you know, you talk about all the time with coaches, a lot of coaches talk about you have to climb the ladder and, and it's a hard ladder to climb because you got to do a lot of grunt work uh, at the beginning of this thing if you want to get to where you want to be. And, and so during that time that I was at Franklin, I was completing my master's. I was a part-time assistant coach um, that was really doing, doing full-time work, but that's just the way it is. And uh, that's how you grind through, through coaching. And then I was also substitute teaching at the time. So there was a lot of things going on, a lot of things on my plate um, that, that helped me get to where I am. But it was, a, uh, it was definitely a hard time because there, there was just a lot going on. Um, but, but Coach Prather was awesome. He, uh, he helped work me, work me through that stuff. And, um, you know, he, he is. He's, a, he's another coach that um, just provides a lot of experience playing under Coach Hodge and then, then getting to uh, be under a – uh, on a coaching staff with a guy like Coach Prather, who, as in his own right, won won a, quite a few games, and um, I was there for his, I believe, 400th win, 300 or 400th. But he, uh, yeah, another guy that's been coaching for for a lot of years, and obviously, like you, like you said, he he moved into the the presidency role this year, so he's no longer coaching there. But um, yeah, it it was a great great experience for me to to be able to learn under another guy. And uh, to kind of move back into the, the men's side, which is ultimately where I wanted to be um, from there. So, Definitely a unique experience there, especially with Coach Prather and uh, his involvement as the athletics director at the time. Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, being yeah. able to see his leadership uh, and through that process, I'm sure, was uh, a great growing opportunity for you. Um, after that time at Franklin, you uh, made your way up to Upland, Indiana, where we were uh, afforded the opportunity to meet and got to work for Coach Josh Andrews uh, at Taylor University in your current role as an assistant. Uh, Taylor's obviously known for their Silent Night tradition, 
Uh, what was that experience like in your first season this past uh, year? Yeah, well, the, you see all of the all of the you know the ESPN feature on Silent Night, and you see the videos that our media team produces, and and you think you you've seen it all and you know what it's like, but man, you can you just you, you can't you can't put into words what it's like being there in person. It's just a, a completely different experience, and you know this as well as I do. Um, it, it's just it's just different, um, and it was really cool to see. Uh, there's a lot of logistics that go into the, into it, and that makes it a little stressful at times. But um, it was it was a lot of fun this year, and, and I'm definitely looking forward to uh, to having those games uh, for for years to come, and I'm excited about that. But man, the 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 opportunity that Coach Andrews has afforded me here at Taylor uh, to be able to come full time um, as a as an assistant basketball coach is just I can't thank him enough. I mean, I you know I never thought that I'd be full time. Uh, assistant coach uh, I was always hoping for that um, it was something that I've I've always wanted to kind of do and um, he's kind of given me that opportunity and Taylor is just a, a, a fantastic um, uh, place for me because it, it makes me feel at home you know I feel just like just like Olivet uh, it's obviously a faith-based school and um, it, it just felt when I came in and visited campus and I and it came on my interview I just felt felt like it was it was a place that was very familiar to me um, it just felt like exactly like Olivet did. So it, it was good for me to, to be able to come to a place that not only shared beliefs that, that I have, but, um, you know, had, had people on the campus that, that live in that faith as well. Definitely. I can, I can relate with you on that, obviously. Choosing uh, Taylor, I hold all those, uh, those same beliefs and values in, in mind. And Taylor's a great place for, uh, for those uh, out there who don't know Taylor uh, – Small Christian College in in northwest or northeast Indiana, um, small campus. Taylor plays in the Crossroads League, which uh, I, I think it has established itself uh, as one of the the better small college basketball conferences in the country. It's comprised of uh, ten of the best faith based universities uh, at the NAI level, uh, from Indiana, Michigan, and Ohio. Kind of kind of talk about uh, what what that conference has uh that league has meant to you and how that has grown you as a coach and uh kind of about that experience um and playing in such a strong conference and and a conference every year that uh every game you play is going to be a battle can, can you talk a little bit about that and shine some light on that for us well when i was at all of that we played in the, the chicago land and uh and, and nothing against that conference at all I, I i think it was a great conference when i was playing in it and still is um, has some teams in there now that uh, that have had some really successful runs in the national tournament and um, has been a really good has had a really solid base in the in the national tournament and uh, but man when when we when I was there we always knew that the crossroads was just a different beast um, we would we would play um, some crossroads leagues teams and and they always gave us a dogfight we you know we we came out on the on the top end of some of those and came out on the bottom end of some and um, just really, really good teams here in the crossroads, and, and it's really from top to bottom. Um, we, we talk about it all the time as a staff is just that, that anybody can beat anybody on a given night. You know, the, the, the last team in the league last year was able to beat, uh, or two years ago, was able to beat the number one team. And it's just like, you know, on any given night, um, anybody can beat anybody. It's just a matter of, of who's going to bring it that night. And, um, it, it makes it a lot of fun. Our guys have a great time with it because it's just – it's very, very competitive, and you're playing against the best of the best at this at this level. 
Um, you know, we're not going to sit here and, and act like the NAI level is better than D1 or, you know, we got, we got guys that can just dominate D1, but there's some good athletes, you know, I think the NAI is kind of underrated in that sense. And, um, the Crossroads League is a great example of that. You just see night in and night out. There's just great talent, um, playing and, um, it's just, it's fun to play in. Our guys, our guys absolutely love it. Definitely. And I would just to speak to what, what you had just shared there, it's definitely not division one basketball, but it's right there. It's the next tier down and, yeah. uh, yep. NAI yeah, basketball. To, Go ahead. Yeah. I would just, I would compare it to, to NCAA division two. You know, there's, there's some, there's some good, really good teams at the top of NCAA division two, but, um, I think there's some great teams at the, at the top NAI do, uh, well, I guess just do, uh, NAI now cause it's all one division, but yeah, it's just it's a it's it's really really fun to play and it's it's a battle every night and, and we love to to scout it and as a coaching staff and and recruit for it. It's great. Yeah, definitely. And I've talked to, with a few of the coaches from across the Crossroads League, and and I think often you hear them say that the NAI and the Crossroads League in particular is at a point now where well, we're beyond recruiting NAI players. We're, we're recruiting Division Two and. Uh, low major sure. division one players every single year and uh, obviously transfers have become prevalent in the league and uh, it's exciting to see uh, small college basketball start to get some attention and, and some local uh, uh, fans starting to recognize uh, how good of basketball it really is and just sure. for all the listeners if if you haven't had the opportunity to experience uh, NAIA basketball I'd encourage you to uh, take a look and, and see your local schools. And there's a lot of good basketball, a lot of good players and a ton of good coaches out there that um, I'm sure if you, if you sat down for a few hours and, and gave it a chance, you'd, you'd enjoy the, the outcome that is put in front of you. But um, coach, I know you're a big podcast guy. Our, our time here is wrapping up. Uh, is there one or two podcasts you'd like to recommend to listeners? I know, I know there's one that you, you uh, pretty consistently follow. Uh, yeah, I, I I listen to uh, to a couple of different podcasts. I, I'm a big NBA guy, so um, the Ringer always has some some great NBA stuff. Um, some guy, you know, there's guys on there that, that do some really good in in depth stuff. Um, Sam Bassini's a guy that I like to listen to. He's a big NBA guy. Um, he does the Game Theory podcast. It's fantastic. And then uh, for kind of my yeah, as you as you said, I there's one that I listen to. Uh, you know, pretty much every day, and that's the Dan Levitard show, which is on ESPN. It's a, it's just kind of a fun one for me. I, it's just, it's not very sportsy, um, which I kind of like. There's, there's sports to it, obviously. It's on ESPN, but um, it's a lot of fun to listen to. It's just a, a, a good listen. Definitely got to bring some lightness to the day uh, as you go yeah. through the grind of the season. But uh, for the followers who are, are kind of just interested in uh, your career and, uh, and following you and Taylor here in the next uh, season. Uh, where, where can we find you on Twitter or social media or uh, where can our uh, listeners follow you there? Yeah, you can follow me at, uh, at a Larson underscore 24. Um, and then obviously our, our, our Taylor hoops one, uh, which I believe is just, just Taylor hoops. So um, yeah, great follows and, and follow the, uh, the Trojans this next year. We'll have a good year. Definitely coach. I appreciate you coming on the podcast and, and your impact on me over the past year that we we've had the, opportunity to work together and uh we'll be following here this next season and uh, uh good luck to you here in the recruiting cycle awesome thanks kyle thanks for having me on man yeah i appreciate it
again, a big thank you to Coach Aaron Larson for being our first ever guest. And we hope you enjoyed our conversation together today. If you feel led, we'd love for you to leave a review and a comment uh, below. That's all for this episode, but be on the lookout in the coming weeks for more from a Coaches Leadership Podcast. For coaches, by coaches.